Good morning, and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. I don't know why you pause. You're always the one with the topics. Oh, okay. I don't know how you don't just jump right into it. Okay. I'm sorry. Good morning. I'm Karen. And today's topic <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is another client session. And it, again, it's medium. And I realized the other day, I was listening to a bunch of our podcast shows, and I realized that a lot of them are medium. Mm. Um or slash medical intuitive slash hearing people's thoughts. And I hope people are enjoying that. This is a combination of all of those again. Okay, well, that's what people come for. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. So unless they're just waiting for another vibrator story. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> this story Happy number Saturday. <laughs> yeah. 46. Number 46. Okay. So um, a young woman came to see me. This was yesterday afternoon. And um, she just came in and sat down. She went through consent. And I know people keep hearing that over and over again, but I say it, we both say it all the time because it's so important to our reputation and process and to make sure that clients feel safe Mm -hmm. because we talk about two important things in life, being loved and being safe. I want to go on a tangent later. Okay. Okay. That's that's fine. About consent. Oh, okay, we can still do that. Okay. So anyway, so we went through consent and then I started right away because, you know, by the time you're getting through consent, you and I are really getting bombarded. I find that really hard. And I said, I have a male. Bombarded with messages. Bombarded with messages, all of our senses, where I smell, we smell things, we're already starting to taste and feel and have inner knowings. Everything is just flowing in. Okay. And I'd also like to mention that at some uh, and at many points with different clients, we're bombarded by the client themselves during consent. Oh, yes. Because they are trying to rush us through it. And we've talked about that before, too. Yes, that's right. So even with a good intention, there is an abuse happening. Yeah, yeah. So I said to her, um, I have a young male here. He's a young adult. And I said, he says that he wants to come through and that is someone that's passed over. And he refers to you as, as um, his sister. And I said, but he says he refers to you as his sister and that you're going to sit there. And she just started welling up. Mm -hmm. And I didn't find out until after the session was done why that happened. So can you bring me back to that later? Sure. I'm thinking about who I would refer to as my brother. Yeah. And the feeling that you get when you refer to somebody as your brother. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he's, and I wrote it down. He goes right down on a piece of paper she's my sister. He goes, write it down for God's sake. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. So I wrote down, um, she is my sister. You are my sister. And he said, you have to write it like in those ways. So I did. I wrote it twice for her. Um, And then he went on and he was just starting to describe his character. And I felt a tremendous amount of sharp pain um, in my right temple. And I touched my right, or pardon me, left temple. And I touched my left temple and I closed my eyes. And she said, but squinting, like in pain. And she said, what's wrong? And I said, uh, I can't figure out if it's an aneurysm, a stroke. And I said, nope, never mind. I hear a gunshot. And I opened my eyes to look at her and partly because I'm startled because it comes through in all of those pieces. I wasn't prepared. It just happened. And so I looked at her and she went, yes, he shot himself in the head in the left temple. 
Mm. And the pain went into my ear. Yep. So it went from my left temple behind my eye down into the ear canal and into my jaw. Of the right side? No. Of the same side. Of the, all of the same side. And I really hate this this moment in doing this podcast because I'm feeling it again. And I wasn't expecting that when I was going to tell the story that well, I get good. it. Keep describing it. Oh, okay. So I got the pain there, and but it was quick and then gone. And so I looked at her and I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I said, this is your brother and you're being told that there's accuracy here because it's what you came for. You wanted that accuracy. You wanted that affirmation, but maybe it wasn't the way you thought it was going to come or that you thought I would be the one to actually feel it. And I said, are you okay? And she looked at me and she went, what? What do you mean? Am I okay? She goes, no, the question is, are you okay? Mm. And I, I wanted to point and I, this out in this story mm-hmm. because some people in the past for me, when I've given a message like that, they've looked at me and said, yeah, what else have you got? And I have to say, well, I need a minute. I, I, I felt the explosion in my head. Like I felt it through my jaw, through my ear. And some clients are just, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no regard for, no. for the physical sensations. Well, there's no regard for our gifts on, a le- on any level. Mm-hmm. It's just accuracy. It's just, are you a liar or are you f- the real thing? Well, and I think you called it a machine in the last podcast. I did. I thought that was really good. Yeah. And, and where if it might be something they saw on TV, they, like, they don't realize that on a TV show, that medium or that medical intuitive or empath might have to say to the film crew, I need an hour. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm done for the day. And also that some some mediums don't have the ability to feel. Yeah. Like they just hear or, or yeah. they just see. And yeah. that's okay. Um, but that's not the case for us. That's right. And that's why I thought this was a super wonderful story to share with people. So she was concerned about you. She got concerned about me and I thanked her. And then he said, she said, did he feel pain? So I looked at him and I said, Brad, I'll I'll call him Brad. I said, Brad, did you feel pain? And he goes, well, what do you think? And I said, I think you felt pain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said, I just felt, I said, I felt it. It went into my jaw and and down into my, my neck. And he went, yes. He goes, but tell her for how long? And I looked at her and I said, the answer is yes for a split second. And she went, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she was able to take this breath and breathe. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is this thing that we can wrap our heads around that when someone shoots themselves in the head, that there is a moment of pain, but that if it's for a split second, we also can feel relief. Mm-hmm. So our brain can assimilate the message and make it real. Yes, that makes sense. If you shoot yourself, you'd feel pain. Yeah. And yes, Thank God that if it was just for the split second, that they didn't suffer more than that. Yeah. And then he said to me, cool beans, Karen. And I just looked at him. It's my line. Yeah. And I said, okay. And? And he goes, keep going. And I'm thinking, what? 
He goes, keep going, keep describing to, to her, keep telling my sister what you're feeling and seeing. So she just looked at me and she was so quiet. She was so respectful. And it wasn't, what's your next question? What's meet my needs, meet my needs. Sorry, I snapped my fingers. Um, I get excited. It's part of who I am. So she says to me, or he says to me, um, keep going. And I could see colors. And it was so beautiful. There were like these purples and foam green or sea green. There were all these beautiful colors that just exploded, I'll say, in a mind. But how he described it to me was that he had had problems on earth with his mind and how it saw things. And that, in fact, he had missed being seen or treated or diagnosed. And I, I don't know how to go forward with this, Kelly, but he explained that he had a bipolar brain and that he just really, truly started to figure out part of what that meant after he, like, when he crossed, when he watched his own brain deal with its own existence mm -hmm. and the lightness that he felt. Mm -hmm. So there was this instant moment of a split second of there's the pain and then the split second moment of there's the relief. Mm -hmm. And he had a choice to hold on to, do I want to hold on to the feeling of relief and lightness or do I want to hold on to the pain? And on earth, he had held on to the moments of pain. And that he now had a different choice. And so this might be confusing for people to think, what choice? He killed himself. But it was a new beginning. Death. Yeah. It was the beginning of millions of choices instead of a few. Mm -hmm. A choice of medication, a choice of counseling, a choice of drugs, a choice of maybe maybe recreational drugs to take the buzz or off. Or suffering in isolation. Yeah, yes, or, or suffering, oh, I don't want to pick on schools, but suffering in systems. Is that okay if I say systems? Mm -hmm. Where maybe there, there isn't the ability or the time or the expertise to understand that at, at a teenage, in teenage years with bipolar, the teachers weren't able to cope with it or to understand it. Mm -hmm. or to be educated in it. They might say they don't ever have enough time to understand every student. Is that and, and that might be fair. I don't know. But he had this lightness that was instant for him that he chose and that he wanted to continue to feel. And I just thought that was lovely to share with her the choice of lightness, mm -hmm. the choice of not taking his own life and then having to cross over and feel shame or to cross over and feel guilt, or to, to cross over and to have regret. But that in the instant that he made the decision, that he truly accepted it in the human form, because he let his life go, but that he, exp he exploded into his spirit. Is that a good way of wording it? Yeah. And that he rushed into full blast into his own spirit's home for him. So if somebody says when he crossed over, did he regret, did he, did he suffer, did he have to go to a hell, did he go to a purgatory, there weren't any of those things for him. The choice was lightness. Yeah. They don't, they don't trick you. Yeah. And, and then he said, she's pregnant. And it's a boy. And she just found out. And she's got the 
image in her purse. And there's a baby shower on Saturday. And yes, I'm going. Hmm. And my I, like, I, I just thought that was so freaking cool. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope all of that's correct for her. Because if she hears that, you know, it's accurate, she's pregnant. And somebody might say, well, if a pregnant woman is standing in front of you, wouldn't you know it? No. No, because like if they're, if they're just freshly pregnant, I'll say maybe under three months or something, my God, they might not be showing at all, yeah. especially first pregnancies. And let's face it, some people are overweight. And nobody would know they're pregnant until they're maybe six or seven months because they are overweight and Mm -hmm. they already have a protruding stomach and a pregnancy is not an obvious thing. Mm -hmm. And I've learned the hard way in life. A couple times. Yes. Um, Not to assume someone's pregnant. Um, So anyway, so he came through and I, so I said that to her. I said, he says that you're pregnant. And I wrote down on the page that it's a boy. I wrote blue, actually. I didn't write boy. I wrote blue. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, I wrote B blue. And I said for boy. And she said, yes. And I said, he says that the imaging is in the, is in your purse and you're having a baby shower this Saturday. And you wanted to bring the image, the ultrasound or whatever it's called to to the baby shower as so that you could actually show everybody and share. And she said, yes, I am. It was really lovely. And then at the end of the session, he said, um, no, she said to me, um, I, I really struggled with him um, saying that I'm his sister because mm-hmm. his sister approached me the day he died and said, he's my brother, not yours. Oh. He's my brother. Mm-hmm. And there was a situation here where... It wasn't blood. Mm-hmm. So it can be stepbrother. It can be best friend brother. Yep. It can be um, your brother's best friend where you feel like they're your brother. Mm-hmm. And their sister feels angry because you're closer to them than they are. Yep. Or that they, in their moment of hurt, um, this is what he said to her. Brad said, my sister's mean. And she said, well, well, Karen, maybe she's just, you know, grieving and she's just lashing out. And I said, no, I said, you are trying to make excuses. He says that his sister is mean, that there is a mean intention within her to hurt people, that she knows she could say that to hurt you, and that she purposely says it to hurt you. That is all her stuff, not yours. Mm-hmm. And he's asking you to push it all back on her and not let her take her hurt and her meanness and actually victimize anybody. Please don't give her control. And then he said, write down on the paper, I love you. I love, I love her. So I wrote down, I love you. I love her on the paper. And he said, don't tell her, let her get, read it when she gets home. She's going to go home and she's going to have second doubts as to whether I really loved her as a sister or not. And I said, okay. And so she took the page home. And she would have read that, you know, at some other time in in life. I don't know when. She'll open that paper up to see that. Um, But he wanted her to have that message at another time. Mm -hmm. So that when she was really feeling the wound or the pain of what, his biological sister wanted to inflict on her that there would be a truth to it. And I like that 
because he said, I want her to know it's truth. So write the word truth under I love you. So I wrote truth and I underlined it. Nice. And I think that's important for people to hear that sometimes someone can say something to us and we, we know it isn't the truth and they know it isn't the truth, but they're hoping that the, that the pain that they're trying to send with those words will be more lasting than the fact that it's not the truth. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. You wanted no, to okay. jump in. I, I don't think it's, there's a place for it in, in this uh, podcast and that's okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. It's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. I I, th- I thought I really enjoyed her. Um, I enjoyed her as a client, and I and you and I, you know, are very clear that um, we don't enjoy all clients. Mm-hmm. We do our job for them, and we hope we do it well, and we hope we use our gifts well. But it doesn't mean we enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Um, just as I would imagine, other people in other professions can still do their job for other people, but they don't always enjoy their clients yep. either. Right. I think about some doctors who might really enjoy a medical mystery mm-hmm. and hate the client that they have to deal with who has it. Oh, but they that's are so awesome. so um, excited and and filled up with that passion of how do I how do I get to the bottom of this? Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a really cool one, Kelly, because it's all it would also speak to the fact that the doctor, male or female, could work so hard for that client. And they might, the client, their patient might never know it. Mm -hmm. They might never understand how many hours they spend researching and Mm -hmm. calling their teachers and calling coworkers or going back to their profs and, Mm -hmm. or or trying to reach out to a male clinic and say, this is what I've got. How can you network it? And and I, yeah, I think of Eric's talking about one of his students consistently, who's very young, very gifted. Um, great guitar player and just has the energy bouncing off the walls and he can only take a half an hour. Mm. Um, <laughs> but that, you know, he, while he might not enjoy the energy that's going crazy, mm-hmm. he, he's working so hard to figure out how to teach to his attention span mm-hmm. and teach to his, um, his learning ability. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's lovely. Yeah. I think we all do it in different ways. Yeah, it teaches us patience when people have different levels of energy or when they think about Aaron training all those dogs, oh maybe not liking God. all their personalities or the, yeah. or the owner's personalities, but being yeah. in love with the dog and yes. the training process. Yeah, I remember running a daycare, having 10 kids, the seven boys, three girls. It was a nightmare. And I, well, and I remember somebody said to me in a job interview um, after that, when I was going back out into a different workforce again. I think it was at the regional healthcare center. One of the directors was interviewing me to be his assistant, administrative assistant. He said, "What's your favorite job ever in your whole life?" And I said, "Daycare." And he just everybody on the panel. There was a whole huh? panel interviewing me. I think there were four four people, and he said, "Daycare, go on." <laughs> and I said, I, "I just loved the children. I loved it. The busyness. I loved." putting rocks in my pockets and on the way home from walks for all the kids, you know, Oh, those seven boys remember how heavy Karen's pockets were. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, all the, all the little boys would come up and the girls would come up, but not so much the girls in all honesty, Mm -hmm. they would not necessarily come up as much as the guys, but they would shove handfuls of rocks in my pockets and think they were all special. And that each, that I was going to remember whose rocks were whose. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> when we got home and divide them up for them, how how they wanted to feel important about that. But I just I remembered saying how I loved the children, but that I didn't really like all of the parents. Yeah, and that the parents could stress me out. Uh, and that's not all of them, because by God, I had some parents that were fantastic. Yeah. I can think of the Bethunes and the Kraft family. And mm-hmm. oh, my God, I had some families that were amazing. But not all families were. Some of the parents made my, my job difficult. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the children themselves. But anyway, back, just yeah. that was that was a really cool point, because I think people can relate to it. Mm-hmm. That you that the, it's caught like the good and the bad with the job or with the gifts, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Can I end it there? Yeah. Okay. Um, as always, we welcome you to submit questions or comments or just topics that you uh, would like us to touch on in other shows. You can email us at info at and we will talk to you next Saturday.